Yo, what's up, everyone? Uh, this is Michael. Welcome to another episode of Writing Friction. Please do go back and check out the archives um, with past guest interviews. And also, please give us a follow on Instagram at Writing Friction and on Twitter at Friction Writing. And hope you enjoy this next episode. Thanks. Hello. Yeah, what's up, dude? You need time to get a drink or anything? Coffee? Well, it's yeah, dude. I was about to do a find workout. someone else. Kidding. I was about to do a workout, and then a workout. Oh my god, you have fucking such tweaker eyes of dude. someone who does Joe Rogan's HGH things that he recommends. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I'm from New Jersey originally. I'm not down with the HGH. We, uh, I think they do it differently there. How does that even relate? To New Jersey. I figure because I grew up with a lot of dudes. And you've been to Jersey. I grew up in North Jersey. Juice heads, like those Guido kind of guys. And yeah. like it was always as a kid, man, like high school, college, all those dudes were doing that shit. And it was always kind First of. First of all, no, I didn't grow up with those guys. <laughs> I grew up with fucking guys that lifted weights. Where did you grow up, actually? But it's not where, it's when. Well, when and where? Well, uh, yeah, well. Uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. Not that much different. Yeah. But if you grew up in a place that did HGH, why would you say, I'm from there? That's why I don't do that. It, it, it popped into my, yeah, it popped into my head because those dudes were doing that shit. And I don't know if Rogan does that shit, but I, can, I, can, I don't want to do that shit. Well, I don't know what that shit is. He sells all the, well, kettlebells. I understand. It's a heavy item and you lift it and you get a muscle because you did it. So I don't know why you need to fucking all these fucking cunts. They're closing and I don't want to close my gym and I'll go to jail. It's not an appropriate word anymore, but the people that go to gyms are uh, just let's make new fucking slang words. Yeah, you want to go to a gym. So people look at you doing that. It's the most de- ugliest fucking human American thing that y- you just lift heavy shit. Oh, Be yeah. a mover. <laughs> uh, speaking of, actually, there's a fuck ton of movers now all over the place. That's probably one of the better jobs to have. Did you ever see a show called Nathan for you? Yeah, I, I know that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very limited one of the, the atrocities that Comedy Central canceled because most people wouldn't get it. Mm. But it's basically he's a bar rescue for small businesses that buy into the prank. And then he just has ridiculous. So one of the things he does is starts a moving company that you have to pay them or, 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 or to the the people that are moving heavy furniture yeah. have to pay the company. It's a workout program. And there he actually gets people to move people's furniture that otherwise you'd have to pay a moving company for. And now the people, the it's fucking brilliant. And you, and you said that was comedy central. Yeah. It was. I a, mean, how, how many shows did comedy central just totally fuck up? Obviously. I mean, you, you were the man show, but I mean, how, uh, how that, many shows, well, no, that, that show sucked. My show sucked. It should have been dropped. But there's so many shows that maybe they're just...
Still there? Brilliant. It's like the Ali G show. Maybe he can only go so far with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's over. <laughs> I mean, I saw you. I've seen you. Shit, did I see you at Cobbs or Punchline in SF? This is years ago now. It's got to be fucking years ago. They're the same thing. Oh. They, well, they kind of are. I never went to the old Cobbs because Cobbs, there was a original Cobbs, right, in SF, and then it moved? I, I don't even remember. I, I know Punchline was in the same place, and yeah. then they, they bought out Cobbs, yeah. and now they're the same, and I don't know if... Do you like... Did you, ever, you always like performing in SF? It's an it's a, it's a interesting city to, to do comedy in. Yeah, no, I, I always love the shows there, yeah. Yeah. And I actually like being in San Francisco. yeah. Yeah, no, it's the one shit. of the few towns I feel like I want to go out and walk around. Yeah, no, I've been here for ten uh, years. Yeah, I grew up in North Jersey. I mean, I like seeing comedy here much more than other cities. I mean, I was at the comedy store, shit, dude, two months before the the fucking the world shut down, um, and that was my first time there. I walked in, and Marin was walking out. I mean, I've been seeing you know comedy forever, but having that opportunity to see you know see it there. What other clubs do you like doing? Well, the comedy store, yeah, when that kicked into overdrive and, like, restarted, that was the the flagship of the boom in comedy. Yeah. I would go there, and it to me, it was like a high school reunion. And I'd see all these people, people I never even met. Like, fucking Chris Rock. I, I met him there, and I was shit-faced, and I came from the conversation, like, oh, I'm being that guy. And then Andy Dick was there, and I go, I'll go be that guy to Andy Dick. He can take it. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I think I mouth-raped Andy Dick the same night uh, where I just fucking went up and plunged my tongue into his mouth, and he's like, who are you? It wasn't him doing it to you? Uh, no, he, no, I did it to him, and he had no idea who I was. Yeah. I go, oh, and so I, I predate the predators. <laughs> I mean, dude, that place, I mean, that place – fucking dark energy in that play. I mean, everywhere you walk through, I mean, the stories about it have been told, but yeah, for anyone who's never been there, the energy in that place, that room. Did you watch the series? I, I don't know. If the, oh, the, wait, the Showtime, the, the new documentary? No, yeah, it's Tim, a five-part five series. It's fucking yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, Tim Dillon was just talking about it. Joey Diaz was in it though, right? Yeah, I was hoping Tim Dillon would uh, respond to this, but I got you. It's what it is. I mean, I don't know, man. You know, him and I are kind of the same. We're from the same place, but he's doing it a little bit differently than I am. But I mean, wait, how he came, often- down, he came down to play Phoenix. He's like, oh, should I go stop in and see Doug Stanhope? And I'm like, fuck yeah, come down. And then, like most people, they don't realize uh, that's an eight hour round trip. That's like saying, oh, I'm coming to California. I'm going to LA. You're in San Francisco. Should I drop by? Uh, it's a long fucking way away. People yeah, don't understand. Work. Arizona's huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what clubs? Wait, are the clubs open now in Arizona? Is everything? I have no idea. I, I I live a hundred miles from the closest airport. Yes. Much less the closest clubs in Phoenix, which is. You ever see? You ever see going back on the road like it it was before? Even for like com- young and upcoming comedians, is it ever going to be like that again? You think? I have no idea. I mean, this yeah. is new to me. And I'm, the fact that I'm older than you by a lot, and I've never seen shit like this before, like 9-11, that was really fun. This is uh, fun with, this is like 9-11 if the towers were still burning a year later and hadn't fallen yet. So who yeah. knows? 
I, I mean, shit, I was in, well, I was in Jersey when I, I was a fr- put in perspective. I was a freshman in high school the week 9-11 happened, but I was 15 miles west of Manhattan, but we were going to concerts a week after 9-11, you know, so it was a yeah. fucking thing. Um, but yeah, man, it's a trip. Dude. I don't know what, what's going to happen, but what are you working? Are you working on anything right now? Are you still writing material? What do you do? Well, that's what I, that's what, that's why I said, I'll do anyone's podcast. Cause I have to be, I have to finish the, uh, uh, epilogue. I, I, my book came out on audible in well, you're August. On a, you're on a book podcast. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the book came out audible exclusive in August. Okay. And now we can put it out in February, the hard copy on our oh. own. So I have to write an extended epilogue because it's about the year of 2016, which for me was this most fucked up wall to wall year from fucking New Year's to the Christmas fucked up. And now we're putting out the hard copy. So I want to write an extended epilogue and it's way easier to go. I'll do anybody's podcast rather than write. Yeah, we're sure. Oh, that makes sense. Wait, you said it took it. You, you Here we are. You chronicled your life throughout all of 2016? Yeah, yeah. It just it started out like everything was going to be the perfect year, and it was just a fucking domino effect into my fucking wife going into a coma while Trump got elected at the end of the year. It, just, it was just this whole just catastrophe of a year. And I put it out. I had to write the introduction. I go, yeah, now that we're in 2020 – it seems silly to put out a book about a terrible year, but this year has been fucking great for me. Uh-huh. I have fucking loved 2020 into 21. I mean, uh, so, so I'm, I'm going to write a lot about that just so people that did listen to the audible can have a reason to buy the hard copy. Was that, was that your first time trying to write a book? Had you ever thought about writing anything beforehand? Yeah, I wrote wrote two books before. Yeah, I thought I thought you do have books out before. Yeah, Yeah, digging up mother, mother, mother was a a suicide case that we assisted, Uh, and then then the 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 middle one was uh, just road stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, any road stories you want to talk about that you haven't written about? (laughs) I don't even remember the road, dude. Honestly, I mean, I've been touring in bands forever. And if you put me in a club right now with my guitar, you know, it, it would feel like yeah, it, it's been over a year since I've even seen a stage. Um, uh, uh, yeah, my, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about my COVID anniversary. Yeah. The, the last show I did, I believe, was October 12, uh, no, no, uh, March 12 in Baltimore. But then I had two more gigs that I flew to that shut down as soon as I landed. Yeah. So, so I was, I did every hotspot. I did Seattle. Then I flew to Baltimore. They shut down right before the show, but the show is like, we'll pretend we didn't hear the news and let this show go. Then I flew the next day to Boston. And when I landed San Francisco, yeah. to play three nights at Cobb's, I do. I have. Well, I have. I can literally show the ticket stuff. For, I had a ticket for that show. I could. I could show you a picture on my phone of me standing under the sign that has my name oh, and say, "Shows are canceled." Mm-hmm. And, I then, uh, and then they shut down all of fucking San Francisco, yeah. and I'm like, 
get me the fuck out of here. And I bought the next ticket out because I couldn't get to Tucson, went to Vegas for two days to see my manager. And then they shut us. They threw us out of the fucking hotel. We're like, we're closing Nevada. You have to be out by noon. And then I got home. Yeah, I mean, I had tickets to see you. I had tickets to see Tim Dillon. The last show I, I saw was that in the epilogue. Yeah, I saw that at Mark Norman at, Co- uh, at Cobbs. That was for Punchline. That was the last show. Um, yes, the, 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 sorry, hang on. Yeah, that's all. I'm just the uh, cavalcade of just the, 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 the domino effect of COVID last tour. Sorry. Yeah, no, nah, it's all good. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know what the future holds. I mean, yeah, I, I asked you before you, if you think it's going to be the same. You, you miss it? Not at all. Really? No, I love it. That's why I, because when I started the book with that intro, that this is like a stupid time to bitch about a year. No, actually, this year in comparison, I am 53 years old. I have not slept in the same bed for a year since I was 17. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's like I, I'm after 30 years of road life. And before that, I was kind of a vagabond between, you know, 18 and 23. When I started comedy, I was still jumping all over the place and you know running around because mm-hmm. nothing can hurt you when you're a kid. Well, when, when you said 23 is 23, when it kind of started to become a little more serious. No, when I started comedy, you said from 18 to 23. Well, I left, I left home at 18. Okay. I moved to LA for you know, six months or something to be yeah. an actor and that yeah. didn't work out. And then I moved somewhere else and then I moved somewhere else. So you, was, you originally <laughs> wanted to be an actor? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know I sucked at it. Okay. Well, were you, t- I mean, were you cracking shit? Were you telling jokes back then? Oh yeah. I was always, I was always like that. Uh, like I am today. I was the class clown that uh, people don't appreciate. Uh-huh. You have to have a certain sense of clownishness for that kind of class clown. I was, yeah, I was a, a, all through grade school. I, yeah. I, my mother let me read Hustler magazine. And that's like, that is an influence that when I started comedy, people would say, who are your influences? And I would just name stand-up comedians that I watched but that wasn't really influencing like the the most tasteless cartoon in the bits and pieces section of Hustler magazine. I remember I was probably 11 years old seeing just a one frame cartoon with a, a, an enormous obese woman and a, 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 a smallish man in between her legs. And she says, just pick through the scabs, honey. You'll find some wet meat. There it is. Yeah, that's the shit that influenced my comedy at yeah. a, like eleven years old. Yeah, what, 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 can you remember what dudes you first saw who were doing the traditional stand up that you were like, "Holy shit, maybe I could do that too." Uh, I, I have vague memories of being a, a teenager, probably sixteen, and writing notes about stuff that could be stand up comedy. Yeah. I remember there was a, a comedy club. But I never really considered it till I was 23. I lived in Vegas and there was open mics. That was at the end of the 80s boom. Okay. It was 1990. So there was still like prime time stand up comedy on Fox 
like the Sunday night comics sure, was yeah. a primetime show. Like the yeah. bachelor is now Stand up comedy was still that big. So I did six open mics in my first week of comedy. There yeah. was that much comedy yeah. in Vegas, which was, yeah. I didn't know till later, the worst possible place to start stand up comedy because there was no club that took locals on. There was either the strip yeah, or okay. your open mic. So there were open micers who had been doing open mic for 12 years just at bars that never got to be in a funny bone. Mm-hmm. There was, there was like, every other city for the listener. It, you, you have a comedy club where you have a local opener and an open mic, not in the Vegas strip. No, yeah. they get all fucking LA, New York people. So yeah, everyone lived in a vacuum. You, you, you remember those first laughs? I mean, was there something in those open? I mean, what, what kind of like propelled you to go forward? I mean, were you working at that time? What were you doing? <laughs> I was doing a fraud telemarketing for the first six months. Grab my trophy. Never mind. I'll <laughs> grab it. I got it right here. <laughs> Sorry, we just we just finished one of my podcasts. <laughs> and I've been fucking with DirecTV uh-huh. for so long because they keep fucking me over. And they called during the podcast. So we took the call live and we're fucking with the guy nicely. But I go, you know, uh, I, I wish I had my my telemarketing trophy right now so I could stroke it to intimidate you. Yes. <laughs> Just like sitting in a cubicle cold calling people, yeah? Uh, basically, but not cold. Yeah. But it was definitely fraud. Yeah. Oh, a thousand it wasn't. It wasn't like, like hey, uh, you're, you're – uh, thing on your car what do you what's those bot calls you always get now wait for, wait for your car extended warranty oh like, yeah 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 no, no this was serious fraud yeah no this is, of course. This, this is serious lying this is then, not just and did you go to la from you're in vegas did you is that when you made did you go back to la when did oh, you, I, I did like between 18 and 23 i did la i went to florida i went back home i went to vegas i went uh-huh. to idaho i went back home and, yeah but 23 is when I started doing stand-up because that's when it was huge and there were open mics and I'd sit there and I'd ask, hey, if I write some jokes, can I go up next week? And then yeah. go, yeah. And then the next week I'd come without jokes. Next week, and it became a running joke. I think it was five weeks before I actually had enough four minutes to say about jerking off and such. And how long were you? How long were you doing those open mics? Like, like, what was the scene like? I mean, could you quickly get to that next level from the open mic level back then, or did you have to put in a lot of time? No, I was again the first week. I did six open mics, so I was doing it for the. I did it for six months. I remember my first paid gig yeah. was ten dollars uh, from the gate or whatever. And I, I called my brother. I remember I called my brother. I go, I'm technically a professional now because once you get paid, you're a professional. It's just like how you, in the old Olympics in the old days, professionals, if you get paid a nickel, you're a professional. You can't get in. And my brother said, oh, so you're a professional now. Does that mean you have to you don't have to wear the protective headgear anymore? <laughs> well, uh, Joey Diaz talked about it all the time. He said there was a guy who had all these shows in the middle of the country. Fuck, I forget his name. 
triple triple gigs triple, triple. Were, were those around when you were doing that scene no, no that's where i started yeah fucking i just listened to that joey diaz podcast where he talks about me and Look at what the, you guys it's so glowing when Joey Diaz talks about me. It's always glowing. And I'm sitting there as the fact checker going, that wasn't 92. That was 95. That was not the place. I know what yeah. you're talking about. No. And Dougie Stano, he did this fucking thing. You had to hear it. There's this fucking lesbian. She's sitting right in the front. And Dougie says, and he's like completely ruins the bit that I did. Not that the bit was great, but he makes it sound like it sucks. He's got the year wrong. He has everything wrong. Yeah. That's why Joey Diaz was Teflon when he, they try to, oh, I made girls suck my dick for stage time. Like, no, that's just Joey shit that he says. Like Ralphie May was the biggest fucking liar in stand-up <laughs> comedy. He had just a million stories about things that happened right after you left and a porn star blew him in the comedy store bathroom. And I'm like, you can't fit in the comedy store bathroom, much less with a porn star. Like, But no one called him on his shit because he was a fucking genuinely beautiful human being. Yeah. Joey Diaz just gets the, the facts wrong. But it doesn't matter, like especially when he's talking beautifully about you. And it's, and, and as a fan of stand up comedy, you know I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy. There has to you have to allow the comedian. There has to be some kind of fictional element to it. I don't expect everything you're telling me on the stage to be a hundred percent the truth. You know, not everything is that funny. <coughs> uh, that's uh, that that that's a problem. Depending on the comedian, uh -huh. I, I uh, for the most part, I I am honest to a fault. We're just twisting it a little bit, and even when I do that, I have a tendency to say, "All right, I didn't really say it. I thought of that on the way home. I didn't really say it to his face." Uh huh. I know the lie makes the story better, but I like to be sincere in. As, as, to the best of my recollection, I mean, well, sometimes I mean, a joke is just a joke. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if anyone would argue, I think you brought, you're one of the most genuine comedians that we have. I um, remember uh, I did a bit about uh, Jake LaMotta, the boxer from Raging Bull. He was a neighbor down the street here in Bisbee, Arizona. And wow. I, I, he, his uh, wife, fiance, woman, had him in a a, a, a a duo act, Lady and the Champ, they called it. And she sang really bad songs. And then they'd have him at 93 years old do some one-liners. I fought Sugar Ray so many times. I got diabetes. That was like, that was, and he, he repeated the joke like two or three times during the thing, yeah. not knowing he'd already done the joke. So I did this whole bit about this on a special. And uh, then he went out, after that came out with Jim Norton back in the day. And he did the exact same joke that I talked about three times in 28 minutes. And the third time 
He said, did I already say that one? <laughs> Gordon says, don't worry, champ. It gets funnier every time. And I got shitloads of emails going, oh, I thought you exaggerated that. I'm like, no, I underplayed that because the truth was and, and, yeah, and again, again, I, I, I'm so entrenched as a fan that I go to a lot of shows, but I feel like there are times where I see a stand-up and they crack a joke or whatever it is, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't even, I can't even believe it. Um, I'm not, I won't name any names, but yeah, I've seen a lot of fucking comedians. It's just like you, it's just you can tell it's they're full of shit. Um, they're just good at molding that story into something funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've taken a lot of pride which is probably misplaced in the fact that, yeah, if I'm telling you this is a true story, again, there's jokes that are just, you know, shock value jokes yeah, of course, yeah. while the tabs come out uh, just to get your attention back. Have you, uh, are you a writer? Do you write a lot of jokes or is it kind of, or have you always been? I, I Any idea at this point after 30 years? Yeah. Everything that I'm passionate about, I've talked about in every different way. How yeah. do I, because I'm not like Bill Maher, where I just make up an opinion just to fill a weekly show. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, anytime I think of something new, I probably wrote down six premises in the last 11 months of COVID. Yeah. But I go, yeah, I could, I could turn that into an hour. Yeah. <coughs> uh I mean, yeah, I mean, again, you literally, when I write down jokes, they're stupid. I, I wrote this down as <laughs> the amount, <laughs> the amount of time that it takes you to wake up and take a piss in the morning is the exact amount of time it takes you to forget a beautiful, lucid dream you were having. And I go, yeah, that's, uh, that's a Jerry Seinfeld joke. But I wrote it down anyway, because I liked it. It's like an hourglass in your cock. It's just you see the piss coming out and it's... <laughs> yeah, wait, I had this... I fucking remember it vividly, but now I don't. Because yeah. I get up to take a piss. Yeah. But so what sometimes. the fuck do you do? What do you do every, every day now? I mean, you went from living in an airplane to not. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed the experience that other people have of having a home life. Yeah. I've lived in this house for 15 years. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. Now I know where all my shit is. Yeah. I was a road comic when I moved in here. Just dump shit in here. I'm a homeowner. Now and I know I, where my shit is. Yeah. And I know you probably talked about it before, but why, what, what was the move? Why there specifically? I, it's, you know, just a cool town I found on the road. Yeah. When, when I lived in L.A. for 10 years, I'd drive out, you know, into the middle guts of the hideous pig country that we yeah. and do all those gigs. And then on the way out or way back, we found this little town yeah. where we're killing time between gigs. Yeah. And we just kept coming back here because it's cool. And then when I had to move out of L.A., I'm like, why not? Why not move to? Yeah, it's. It's an hour and 45 minutes from an airport, oh. but that hour and 45 minutes is never a lick of traffic. You can take three different ways to go there through the desert back roads. Yeah. Not a stoplight. There's one stoplight between my house and the exit to the airport in an what hour are, and 45. What are your thoughts that 
of the exodus of Los Angeles right now. It seems like everyone and their fucking mother is getting out of that city. <clears throat> There's nothing, nothing makes me happier. Yeah. The idea of New York City and LA dying. They're fucking grotesque. And I prefer LA. Uh-huh. If I had to flip a coin. What's the I- what happens to the, what happens to the industry? What happens to the business? I mean, you know, there's there's a whole new commerce of podcasting business. Obviously, that can be done anywhere. But what happens to the entertainment? I mean, but what happens to what happens to all these uh, call centers? Like, uh, yeah. sorry, t- t- tonight we on the podcast uh, that we just finished <laughs> that was dying at the beginning. No one had anything to say. That's a really difficult thing to keep up a podcast in a small town where you're just talking to each other. So what's new with you? I have this, uh, uh, I want to, yeah, I should give them a plug at notes from the pen notes from the penitentiary at notes from the pen or notes from the pen.com. He's a friend of ours. He's in prison. He accidentally killed his wife and so forth and so on, but he's a, What's new there? It keeps cutting out. It yeah. cut out. I, I lost the last sentence of that. Okay. Uh, he, he's in a seven-year prison or 11-year prison sentence. He's at seven years. So I know not to say what's new. <laughs> and that's what COVID has been like. So we're doing a podcast. They were like, we all know each other. We're all sitting in the same yeah. place. Nothing yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, this podcast, I talk to authors who are just sitting in their apartments, not doing shit. And, you know, I started it because no one's doing anything. And I figured that's, this is how fucking bored people are. You're talking to me. <laughs> if, you, if you're a fiction writer, I guess sitting alone in your apartment is a great time to make up shit. What I've been doing, yeah. I mean, it bores the fuck out of me. I own a dog walking business. So, I mean, I have no, after work, I got nothing else going on. <laughs> It's, I'm serious. Do you write? What, what, oh, yeah. What's your, what's, what's your predilection for writers? Um, well, I, are you asking, what's the question you're asking? Are you asking what I write? I mean. Yeah. Do you write fiction? I write fiction. Yeah. My first, I published my first book three weeks before the fucking world shut down. Uh, Have you read Running the Light by Sam Talent? No. Well, I'll get back to it. You start it now. Okay. Write well, it down. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm recording. I'll, I'll remember. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Right. What, what do you do? You read? What are you reading? Do you ever read? Yeah, yeah. I I, I try to read. Uh, it's 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 difficult because I, uh, once I get into a book, I'm gone for a week. Yeah, I read slowly. I read passionately. I give up. Oh, the dog will get fed next week. But to, to, to find something that I'm that into, Sam Talent is a comic that wrote this book. And I've never, I've spent more time on his fucking career since I wrote that, uh, read that book. It's so good. It's yeah. such a perfect, and I don't, I hate fiction. Uh-huh. Uh, th- this is fiction, but it is so, it's, it's, it's more, uh, uh I'm running out of words. Oh, I took that edible. Now I have. <laughs> uh, wait, you mentioned Bill Maher before. 
Didn't he, you, didn't you mention Bill Maher earlier? He, didn't he write a book? Yeah, he wrote a book. I read that when I was a kid. It was, it was about comedians, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know anything about comedians. It was about like New York comedians. Yeah, yeah. Sam Talent writes about fucking road comics. Okay. Which no movie has ever touched. No, like any stand-up comedy movie is always New York or L.A., which yeah. is dog shit. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I'm right. I'm about to finish my first novel about a <clears throat> fictional rock and roll band that takes place in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And like every other fucking book about a band takes place in like the late 60s and it's already been done. And yeah, now that you mentioned that, I can't really think of any movie or book, definitely not a fictional book, about a road comic. Running the Light cool. by Sam Talent. Yeah, yeah. Is- fucking absolutely not just brilliant brilliant writing but it's actually it's it's real it's it's what comics would go through if you're playing amarillo texas if you're playing las cruces it's the fucking exact gigs he's pegged it he's fucking nailed it yeah uh well uh what's his face uh, wait wait wait. i want to go back to what you were saying someone asked me about uh, uh, good comedians books and there's not many yeah no, I, I always read like uh, Norm what, what, uh, Norm McDonald yeah but that's kind of fiction Norm McDonald's book is great yeah Fuck, I love it uh, the, the one I, I read I read like punk rock heroin guys to go oh yeah I get it I'm yeah. not, I've never done heroin. I've never played music. I couldn't tap my foot to a beat. But they have the stories. Yeah, comics. <laughs> they put up books about how they get over Tourette's or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should get a copy. Henry Rollins wrote an awesome book back in the day. Get called- in the van. Mm-hmm. Did I nail you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he fucking, he fucking nailed it with that one. Um, I had a copy of Get in the Van. That was covered in hot candle wax during a fucking sexual mishap where I had to tear up some carpet before my girlfriend got home. Yeah, yeah. That was back in the day. So that copy of Get in the Van, I think I sold it in an eBay auction. I might have bought it. Who knows? Um, But wait, books about comedians, the only ones I can think, I, I read the Chris Farley book. Um, that came out a couple of years ago. I, maybe his brother put it out. Um, yeah, no, hang on, hang on. Dead comics don't count. Oh, Dead okay. comics are the ones you want to read about. I'm of talking course. about comics who are putting up books about shenanigans on the road. Yeah, I wrote the. Oh my god, I can't. I uh, can't. Yes, I can. I can say I wrote the forward for Todd Barry's book. Okay, well, okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I have a Todd Berry story. There, uh, there was a point I thought I was getting punked because all he did is talk about it was like a year on the road with Todd Berry. And all he talks about is trying to find a good coffee shop and the opener that picked him up. And it's just like, <laughs> I, I was at my wife's bedside while she was dying in a coma. She lived. <laughs> I saw him. I thought Brendan Walsh and Todd Berry set me up to have to write the forward for this book. Like, but it is Todd Berry's honest life. 
eventually I realized, yeah, that's what he does. He yeah. goes to a town, he says his jokes, then he goes to bed and wakes up and goes to find coffee in Hattiesburg at another coffee place. And I'm like, I don't know how I can, what, what am I supposed to write? I saw him at cons. Um, Funny as fuck. Yeah, it was an interesting. He he was doing mostly crowd work though. I mean, he yeah. Did, yeah, I mean that was my first time seeing him, I and mean, he did an hour of crowd work pretty much. Yeah, well, he did a whole special about him doing yeah. crowd work. Yeah, no, I wasn't too privy of his actual work. I just knew of it, him. It should have been called "You Had to Be There" because crowd work works on a crowd, not an audience that's watching you do crowd work that they're not a crowd of. Yeah, yeah, because Big J put out an album crowd work, I think. Um, comics do it. Uh, do you do crowd? Do you do a lot of crowd work or no? No, uh, the, not unless I'm hideously inspired, uh -huh. which would mean cocaine. And I, yeah, yeah, oh, it could happen. You never know. I don't know. I mean, but what do you? So, what do you think it's going to be like when you step on that? You're going to get on the stage at some point again. I'd imagine. I'm going to have to or yeah. die. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, you know, because I. I don't know. Yeah, I'm again. I'm obsessed with this whole world. You know, Ron White was saying he wasn't going to do it ever again, and now he's doing it again. So it just seems to be <clears throat> in your blood. It's, it's what you guys do. I no, no, no. I'm not that guy. I'm different from. Tell me. Guys. Yeah, I don't know. No, I fucking Attell is that guy. Yeah, Rogan is that guy. Yeah, they need to be on stage. <clears throat> I don't. I I, 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 the the more successful that I got the more terrified I was to do it. Really? I was, I was less terrified as an open micer than I was as a fucking sold out show at the Hammersmith in London. What was that? Was it like a self-imposed pressure? I mean, what, 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 why? Yeah, it is. Cause I have a very narrow fan base and you have to produce for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a fucking Jimmy Fallon who can just say some stuff and be yeah. cute. And yeah, no, I, the, the people that follow me expect a, a, a caliber. Yeah. And you know, all right. I, I don't have any ideas right now. The podcast we did tonight. I was embarrassed for the first 20 minutes and then it got good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to sell shit, mm -hmm. but I also don't want to pretend to be someone I'm not like, yeah, if I'm having a fucking bad day, I'm going to tell you about it on stage. Cause you know what, whatever job you have, you're phoning it in more often than I am. So you get it. So sometimes, uh, yeah, how, how often can you say the same shit mm -hmm. and feel confident? Yeah, when I wrote this, it was funny. But now that I've said it 70 times in three months, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. To me. So then you have to, that's why I drink. Okay, I'll drink a lot of enthusiasm into this yeah. project. Yeah, you know, comparing stand-up comedy to live music, you know, bands can play the same 20 fucking songs their whole career, but every night it can be a little, you know, they can make it a little bit different. How did you go about making it different yeah, for yourself? The, the, the problem is, 
your your dilemma is where you have a brand new song, not oh, you yeah, well, yeah. specifically, but yeah. let's say a famous band where they have a new song they're really proud of and nobody gives a fuck and they know it's a good song, but everyone just showed up for the old shit. Mm-hmm. That's as much of a problem as you having someone who stays. Oh, he was so funny in the first show. We're going to stay for the second show. Oh, he didn't come up with all of that off the top of his head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the exact same words and pauses. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the tour, I mean, you could probably fucking just do it in your sleep at at that point. I mean, by the end of whatever it is, whatever material you're working, do you record your specials at the end of that run? Is that how you kind of do it? You work the material and then record? Yeah, you, know, you get to a point where you're like, all right, let's just record this because I'm yeah. tired of saying it. Yeah. What was your favorite special you made? I don't know. I went, I, I, uh, maybe two years ago, I went on uh, a lot of road trips and I forced myself to listen to myself, which is tough. Maybe not in a band if you can sing, but just listening I to your own voice. I really back, yeah, yeah. Uh, like mostly because I, I wanted to make sure after this much time that I'm not stealing too much material from my earlier self. Really? Yeah. Fucking 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. I probably talked about this. Am I saying the same jokes? Am I, and I made myself listen to everything I've done, uh, which I've done a few times. But this time I didn't hate it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't fucking hate myself. And I went, yeah, I get some good shit. So uh, the best of, I've I've thought about like doing like a Twitter poll of that, and I like I don't want to hear people's opinions because I just felt good about myself. Yeah, I let them in to ruin it again. Um. So you said, but at the no end, no refunds. Of- uh, uh, before turning the gun on himself and beer hall putsch. But there's also a, a, a lesser known one, even to me, called uh, uh, "From Across the Street." I go, "Fuck! I, this is I thought this was kind of a throwaway, but this is fucking good." Yeah. Wait. So even after all this time, you're still not only are you worried about ripping off yourself. I mean, you're worried about ripping off yourself. I mean, has it ever come into your life about, I, I've been balls deep for some reason, YouTube's been showing all those, I guess Mencia is back on the scene right now or doing some appearances. Was that ever part of your life? Do you, do you, no. Not the joke thief, but not him specifically. The, only, the only person that ever ripped me off blatantly was Jim Jeffries. Oh, and wow. he kind of made his career off that bit. And it was the rubber fuck my face. His was a vibrating egg in the ass. And he told me he fucking stole the bit. Yeah, but by then, like he stole it off a DVD. Once I had it, it was my first DVD ever. And once you put it out, you don't do it again as yeah. a comic. So yeah, he he stole it, but he kept doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only person who ever ripped off like a, a long version bit of mine. Yeah. Do you ever have you ever written a joke and then rent a by someone and someone told you that someone else has done that before, like just without knowing it? You, not often enough. That's the problem that you hope a, a friend of yours will go, hey, so and so is doing that joke. Not so much anymore, mm-hmm. but back in the day when there were you know five channels. Yeah. Like when people knew 
you can find someone on Twitter. If you're a joke writer, you can find someone on Twitter that's already done that joke that works at the fucking post office, <laughs> which is really where you check yourself. All right. Fucking album titles. Hey, oh, I have this great album title. Oh, I'm so terrified to so uh, that's why the new book is no encore for the donkey it comes up in the book and uh, it doesn't really have to do with the the full but I, my manager says all your other title ideas anyone could come up with no, no encore for the donkey and it is part of the book Yeah, but it's not what you would expect uh he goes that's original okay let's go with that it's it doesn't encompass the full year but it encompasses what i felt at that moment going back down to the bottom of comedy that way why what, what do you mean back to the bottom what do you mean by that well you'd have to read the book maybe, okay. maybe next time before you fucking schedule a guest you might read the book first. It would be. It, would, it might be helpful. I'll, I'll get the audiobook version. Yeah. Next time you fucking jump, jump at a fucking opportunity. Jump on, on Twitter. Twitter. How, how many times? I got to admit, this is the first time I've seen you do this. How many times have you done this before? Uh, a few. I've been drunk for eleven months. Uh huh. So a few times. Have Have any of them been total fucking bombs? Yeah, sometimes they're from uh, the UK. Can't understand a word they fucking say. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I'm doing this for fun. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to promote anything. Of course, no, of course not. Yeah, I, I had a I had a podcast that went poorly at the beginning. By the end, it was fucking. Oh, I don't want this to end. And then I go, ah, I'll just. Yes, I do this. Uh, I I do I do this uh, often enough. Hey, send me a fucking. I mean, I, I, well, I don't know how I could, I would send someone else a zoom link if I knew how to do it. And well, I, I mean, talk to we, my friends. We, yeah, we've been doing this pot. We've been doing this for like 30 plus minutes. The entire time we've been doing this, the waiting room is just blowing up with people trying to get on. So I wasn't oh, sure. I, well, I, know, I, put, I put the, th I, I put the thread on, I put it on the thread. I wasn't sure if you were for real. Then you fucking, yeah, no, let's fucking, let's talk to people. Um, all right. We got Katie Alley. I love this. Let's do Alley. Let's see if Allie's on. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see if Allie's here. I look fucking crazy in this light. And I have, like, kind of normal light here. But um, is she on here? Allie, you with us? Allie, unmute yourself, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> okay. Well, we can't see you, Allie. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Look at those buttons. Oh. Hurry up, Allie. I might need a drink. All right, Allie's gone. Should I do Bill Stage? Yeah, do oh, everyone. Wait, no, just no, no, uh, admit everyone. I don't know how this works, Michael Johnston. Okay. Well, they, well, they all left. The next I have, a, I, have I, I have a guy who does it for you. Yeah, and he never lets me touch the buttons. Well, they all fucking left. Next time, next one pops oh, in. Yeah, I'll admit him in. What time you got to go? What do you, what you want to just keep talking? Whatever you want to do, man. I might as well start drinking with you, I guess. Well, yeah, no, no I, 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 I'm getting a drink, drink uh, made. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bail out.
Oh, oh, of course, San Francisco. Throw them all back. You red wine drinking motherfuckers. There was a in the in the eighties. There was some player from the 49ers that just openly publicly shit on the crowds. Yeah, oh. well, maybe if our red wine drinking fucking fans would make some fucking noise and it was like, just shit on San Francisco yeah. fucking football crowds. Dude, it's SF. It's such an interesting. I've been here for 10 years, man. It's the one city people love to shit on, but you never hear about it in the news, man. Nothing bad ever happens here, man. People just, it's the, it's, I've been everywhere in the country. It's, it's still my favorite city in America. He was, he was very accurate no, in that. Yeah. It's not a sports town. No, like, no, no, no. I, I live in I live in the the Austin of Arizona, which is five thousand people, and then they they try to do baseball right down the street in the oldest working baseball park in America. And every year, someone would go, "We should bring baseball back." I go, "No, it's a fucking hippie town. No yeah. one gives a fuck about baseball." And then the guy came to me because we're the only ones that would go. Yeah. And then we'd bring a crew of us down and heckle. There's, we have more hecklers in the s- stands than they have players. And they can hear us like they're in a fucking <laughs> amphitheater. Everything we say, the outfield can hear us say. So, And we'd keep it family friendly for the you know five people that showed up with some kids. Yeah. But, but we're still busting balls. And like... He asked me, like, you guys come down and support all the time. How do we get more people? I go, well, get a lesbian pitcher. Like, fucking, (laughs) this is a hippie town. It's a fucking gay-friendly town. No one's going to want to watch baseball. Baseball players don't want to watch baseball. What's what's the movie with Tom Hanks? Uh, A a girl of their own, a something of their own. A league of their own? A league of their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, would you pay to watch Rosie O'Donnell swing a bat? Uh, you know what? I, I think I'd, I I think I would get along. Rosie O'Donnell is one of those people that I think would probably hate me in theory. Yeah. But if I talked to well, them, we'd get along. We'd be yeah. Well, she was a comic. Yeah, yeah, but some comics are a little touchy. But a lot of comics just hear a bit of mine. I remember. Who was it that said, uh, yeah, that I just ran into, I have a, a bit, uh, uh, I hate the Jews. Uh, I think that's on no refunds. And some comics said they were with Adam Sandler and his crew. And he's like, yeah, what's up with Doug Stanhope? He hates Jews. And I'm like, this even came up with a neighbor a, a lesbian couple that were preachers or not preachers that sounds <laughs> evangelical but they were uh, whatever in the service yeah they, in they the church fucking yeah they, they were preachers of a certain yeah and when they heard that i had moved in they said to our other neighbor well like uh, homosexuals either and that guy was a Jew and he's heard the bit he's like no it has nothing to do with hating the Jews yeah. you have to just listen and so yeah you have to find some acceptance so so I think a lot of comics 
that would be, uh, you know, fucking cancel culture kind of comics that don't know me would go, oh, like Joey Diaz. Like, if you knew Joey Diaz, you'd go, oh, no, he's just saying some ribald shenanigans. I, what do you think about that climate right now? I mean, dude, these fucking comedians, it's just people are, it's so, so touchy. I mean, why I don't spoke- you. Why don't you uh, go fucking read my latest book and listen to my last special? It's the dying of a last breed. Yeah, um, I saw. I saw Louis. He did his first shows back. I went um, San Jose Improv and got a ticket. And they were, you know, I forget when this was, but I mean, news. I remember. Out- yeah, news crews outside. I mean, I was. Have you done the San Jose Improv? <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the balcony. There's a balcony there. Yeah, I'm in the balcony, and you could hear them outside chanting. Must have been 300 people. Um, but now he's back in it. I mean, it's you know, it's sick. But who know? I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's gnarly. It's gnarly. Uh, I, 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 I'm sure I was at the San Jose Improv, and I really think that I was there when I said, uh. Listen, we're sold out here, but if Louis C.K., right in the heart of Louis C.K. shit, if Louis C.K. wanted to come back and just do stand-up, he would sell out three times this right across the street from Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Because you're only beholden to the ticket buyers. When you do stand-up comedy, that's the only people. All the people that apologize are people who are working for NBC or shilling Burger King or something like that. They have to apologize to them. The only people that can cancel me are the, the ticket buyers, your fans. And and, I mean, that's, what's awesome. I don't know if you fuck with Patreon, but that's, what's so dope about Patreon. I mean, you You should listen to my podcast. Is it on Patreon? Patreon Come on. You know nothing about me. I've said that's not not totally true. You're Um, a fan now. Yeah. But it's, it's, but but that, thank God we have that shit, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, otherwise (laughs) they're taking away this guy's career. No, this guy could have his own career. This guy's fucking working for Burger King Mm -hmm. and fuck you. (laughs) I, you know, there's a couple of comedians who right now are kind of, uh, I'm a big fan of Giannis Papas, like History Hyenas. They got a podcast and they just split up. And, you know, Giannis Where's is my phone? thing. And the other guy is Shit. doing his thing. And, you know, it's people have their what they want to do right now. And it's for better or for worse. Is that a new haircut? Uh, well, uh, sorry. I said, I said, but I realized he's in my old phone. I was going to call Giannis Papas right now and fucking put him on. I that's- <laughs> Well, he uh, we actually uh, message on Instagram. He fucking he hits me up. Uh, well, man. fucking, I love Yanis. He's the man. His new podcast is dope too. Yanni Long days. I I I don't listen to podcasts, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. my own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I did, it was when I was on the road, and we had seven hours to kill. Yeah. Uh, but what was your unless favorite? someone unless someone says. So and so that you like mentioned your name at the fucking twenty-eight minute mark, and then I'll go. All right, I'll listen yeah. to my name occasionally, yeah. unless I'm afraid they're going to say something bad. Is it that 
people hit you up. I mean, does that happen often enough that people hit you up and be like, dude, you were talked about and will you go check it out? And No, sometimes someone says, hey, well, the Joey Diaz one. Sorry, I'm taking a piss. No, the, jo- the Joey Diaz one where he's <laughs> the recent one. Where he, yeah, he talked a lot about you and I, I listened. Yeah. Still pissing? You there? Into the water so you can hear it. I could piss into the bowl uh, and uh, uh, on the side of the bowl so it would be a little bit more. Oh my god! I can, hey, even, can you work my prostate? I can even like, add. I can even add sound effects. Uh, all emptied. At least is that a Murphy bed behind you? No, it's my common my kitchen. You got to move the fuck out of that coast. That entire coast sucks. Everything about New York sucks. And New New Jersey is part of New York. It's all fucking filthy and awful and crowded. And uh, yeah, get here where there's more color. Yeah, I like it. I like Tucson, man. My band, one of my old bands played in Tucson all the time. I loved it out there. Um, I hate Phoenix, though. I couldn't I couldn't do Phoenix. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of terrible there, but it's all better than New York or including New Jersey. You're, you're in Arizona forever, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I already have ramps built for where I uh, smoke too much. I can't fucking walk up st- three stairs. Well, they're saying... They're saying right now smokers are the best. It's it's good to be a smoker with Corona. In Jersey, yeah, I saw that. Where <laughs> Jersey, they put smokers ahead of teachers. Fucking yeah. ridiculous. Hey, guess guess who paid the fucking bill for the school? Smokers. That's right. That's why you have a fucking paycheck, teachers, because you tax smokers to eleven dollars a fucking pack. Yeah. Oh, good. My battery's running low. That means we can close on. Fuck New Jersey teachers because smokers paid your way. Doug, dude, this has been a blast, man. <laughs> I, I, I had fun with you. Uh, uh, I won't remember you because that's how my head works. No worries. I'll tweet it out. Maybe hopefully you'll retweet it. I would love that. I, I, I tweeted that we're doing this now. So, yeah, tweet it at me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll release it tomorrow. Fantastic. Enjoy your night, Doug. Thanks so much, dude. All right. Love you. Bye. Later.